and you need to keep pushing yourself as a business owner and anything else in life. Never get complacent. Never accept that it's going to be there tomorrow because that's just not how business works. Welcome to The Profitable Table, fed by Wilco Foods, the nation's first podcast devoted to the restaurant industry. Now, here's your host, Wilco Foods CEO, Stephen Toberoff. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Profitable Table. I'm your host, Stephen Toberoff, and today I'm going to do something a little bit different. Uh, During the past several weeks, as we've been running episodes of this podcast, I've been getting a lot of different emails and DMs from people with questions that pertain to what are the most important things you need to look at when you start a restaurant or a bar or a bakery. For simplicity's sake, I'm going to just use the phrase restaurant, but it would apply to any of those businesses. You know, what are the important elements that need to be done at the beginning to set yourself up for success maybe leading up to opening in the first year. And so I said to myself, you know what, let's try something new today. And I will devote this episode to sharing some of my thoughts on that subject. And hopefully it'll be of value to you. I look forward to hearing your comments after the podcast. But rather than interview a guest, which we'll get back to on the next episode, I'm going to devote this entire episode to sharing my thoughts as to what I think are the most important things you need to do to open a restaurant and sustain it and make it profitable once you've opened it and, and say for the first year. I've had the privilege of being CEO of Woolco Foods since 1999, owned 50% of Woolco, and I've seen a lot working with the thousands of restaurants that I have over the years. And I've learned a lot and I've seen things that consistently lead to success. And unfortunately, I've seen practices and behaviors that lead to failure. And so we're going to spend this episode, and I'm going to share with you some of my thoughts and insights on that subject. So let's jump into it right now. The first thing you want to get right at the beginning of this journey is yourself. And what I mean by that is very simply this. If you're going to open up a restaurant, you have to realize that you're getting into a process that's going to require countless hours in preparation leading up to it. It's very grueling. It can be very stressful, it's very challenging, and the better equipped you as a person are to deal with those challenges, the more likely you're going to make the best decisions, get the most out of the process, and lay the foundation of success. So there's two main aspects you want to focus on at the beginning, which is your mind and your physical health regime. You know, we can talk around it and make it seem as if it's not important, but I don't believe that's the case. And I know many, many successful restaurateurs and business people who would agree with me. So when I say the mind, you want to have something in place on a daily basis where you're programming yourself or you're setting yourself up for a successful day, a successful week, a successful month, et cetera, et cetera. There's an old saying which says that the mind makes a wonderful slave and a horrible master. And so you have to get control of your thinking and you have to utilize your mind to achieve your objectives and not allow it to work against you. Some people utilize meditation. Some people use daily affirmations. Some people begin the day by watching an inspirational video or listening to something that motivates them. You have to find out what works best for you and your personality. But you definitely want to start the day 
even if it's just two, three, four minutes of priming your mind for the day. You know, just imagine the difference between someone who starts the day and says to themselves convincingly, this is going to be an awesome day. I'm going to be super productive today. I'm going to solve whatever challenges come my way today. I'm going to be impactful today. This is going to be great. Versus someone who allows their mind to say to them, oh, I'm dreading this. This is horrible. This is stressful. I wish I didn't have to do this. Same day, same BS, all of that stuff. This is a huge factor in success and failure in life. The conversation that you have every day with yourself. And so the first thing is to be aware of it. And then the second thing is to take control of it and use your mind so that it becomes your best ally versus your worst enemy. And like I said, there's many different ways to do it. You can do your own research, but understand that you want to start the day right by deploying your mind as an asset to help you achieve your objectives. In tune with that is your body and your physical health. So it's very important. You're going to need a lot of energy as you begin this journey. You know, a lot of people want to open up restaurants and they think that it's a romantic thing and they think, oh, this is going to be great. And they have visions of all of the wonderful things that go along with running a restaurant, but they don't understand the amount of hours, the amount of dedication, the amount of effort and energy it takes to succeed in this business. And certainly that it takes to launch this business. I remember when we moved Woolco from New York City to Jersey City back in 2004, that required 24-hour-a-day work, it seemed like it anyway, uh, for many weeks until that move was perfect. And a lot of things went wrong and a lot of things went right. And at the time, I was training for my first New York City marathon, and I just remember, wow, this is nonstop. But luckily, I had the energy to do it, and everything worked out well. So you have to, if you want to give yourself the highest probability of success, you want to take care of your physical health and your energy to the extent you can. So it's pretty obvious what that means, I think. You want to eat foods that are going to give you energy. You want to exercise. You want to avoid drinking and drugs and anything that's going to sap your energy. You know, these are obvious points. But so many people get into the hospitality industry because they enjoy the social life of it and they'll enjoy being convivial. And that's great. And maybe once your restaurant's up and running and it's successful and you've got everything going and it's delegated and you want to sit at the bar and talk to people, do whatever you want to do, that's fine. But if you're going to put the time, energy, and money up to open up a business, it only benefits you to have maximum levels of energy. And again, you can do that research for yourself. Some of it's very obvious. Some of it is not as obvious, but please put yourself first when it comes to your mind and your body so that you have the requisite level of energy. A lot of people told me to end the podcast with those comments, but that didn't make any sense to me because if you don't have the maximum level of energy that you can generate for yourself and your mind is not working for you, You've got so much going against you before you even begin the process. So please think about that. Make that an emphasis for yourself. You'll be doing yourself a great service as you begin this journey. Okay. Now getting into the more practical or, or mundane aspects, if you will, but are important. One is your business plan. Now, depending upon what type of restaurant you open and, and what your goals are, it's going to lead to a different type of business plan. But there are certain aspects of your business plan that I think need to be there. 
regardless of what your concept is. And before I even get into that, let me just say one thing which is very important. When you begin the process of putting together your business plan and opening up your restaurant, you have to be in business mode. It's already established by you, your investors, and hopefully the community, because otherwise you wouldn't do it, that you're going to have great cuisine, that you're going to have a great concept, that you have a, uh, a great vibe. Whatever business you're opening, let's assume for the sake of, of simplicity that the food and all of that stuff is fixed. It's good. It's exciting. And that's why you're doing it. Those things have absolutely nothing to do with an effective business plan. And I think a lot of people that open up a restaurant business get confused. They think I've got a great concept. The food's amazing. Everyone tells me my cookies are unbelievable. None of that matters without an appropriate business plan because your business won't succeed. You can invite people over to dinner. You can bake people cookies. You can do all that stuff. You won't have a profitable business. So get into business mode right off the bat when you begin the process of actually opening up a restaurant. Get that in your mind as first and foremost. Work on the cooking, work on the dishes, do all that stuff. Very important. This is the business plan. The first thing you want to make sure is you have adequate capital when you open. Believe me when I tell you, if you're doing a new restaurant build-out or you're going to do a massive refurbishment of a restaurant that already exists, you're going to need more money than you think you will. So you need to make sure that you have adequate capital at the beginning. If everything's done and you have additional reserves, you can always handle that at the time. If you're getting money from investors, you can give it back to investors. You can have a meeting with them and put it into marketing. If you've borrowed money from a bank, negotiate loan terms, if possible, where there's no prepayment penalty if you deal directly with that bank. You know, a lot of times if you take out a loan from a bank, and then a year or two down the line, you want to refinance with another bank. There are penalties for getting out of that arrangement. But you can negotiate with your bank, hey, look, I'm borrowing this money. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm budgeting. If for some reason I really come in great and I don't want to pay the interest on this, can I prepay some of it without a penalty? In all probability, they'll work with you. But make sure that you have enough capital. The last thing you want to do after you've spent a ton of money and you're in the ninth inning and you're about to open is run out of capital and be scrambling. Obviously, you need to work with people so that you budget things. You have a very clear idea of what everything's going to cost. But remember, a lot of times when you're raising money, it's natural to think, you know, it's easier to raise 500000 than 700000 It's just a psychological thing. In reality, it's not any easier or more difficult. It's just a different process. But I can't stress this enough. Make sure that you have adequate capital when you begin so that you don't find yourself scrambling in the last stages of your build-out, okay? The other thing you have to do is a lot of times people say to themselves, okay, I'm giving myself 10 months for this build-out, then we're going to open, then revenue from operations is going to start coming in and that will offset these other costs or that'll enable me to start paying things down. You have to anticipate that things are going to take longer than you would like. Things are going to go over budget. Things are going to go over time. Again, it depends on the type of build-out you're doing or the type of work that needs to be done prior to your opening. But remember, you're dependent upon lots of different entities, health inspectors, contractors, architects, plumbers. And 
It's just inevitable when you have that many moving pieces that things are going to take longer than you anticipate. So do not depend upon an absolute precise opening date. I've almost never seen it happen. I've seen restaurants that we work with open up new facilities maybe a couple thousand times, and they almost always take longer than are anticipated. So you have to prepare for that. Don't plan on a, a perfect precision in the opening. Don't plan on things going perfectly. They won't. Give yourself the flexibility in terms of your financing, in terms of your projections, in terms of everything, so that if things do go over, you're okay with that. Doesn't mean you want to be lax on that side either. You know, you do want to push to get things done on schedule because there's tremendous costs associated with things not going on schedule. But unfortunately, that's life. And again, you want to be prepared for it. And the only way you can be prepared for it is by having the adequate capital on hand. Okay. Something that a lot of restaurateurs, when they're beginning, don't do, which I think is a huge mistake, is they don't utilize experts enough when it comes to certain things such as inspections, such as staffing, such as everything that can make it so your business can't open and that requires a high level of expertise, such as human resources does, such as the health department does, such as building inspections do. I recognize that experts cost money, but it's my belief that you're better off making that investment in the beginning to make sure that you do things right from the beginning. You don't want to have a situation where you overlooked something because you're not aware of the countless regulations that are out there and a health inspector comes in and you have a major problem that's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars after you've opened. I've seen this happen many times. You don't want to have a human resource issue. You don't want to have any issue that's avoidable if you can utilize experts. And the good news is, I'm finding that there are more and more consultants out there for everything. And I'm not talking about a business consultant. I'm really talking about an expert that handles one aspect of your business from the beginning when you're about to open. It's my advice that you utilize those experts heavily because that's going to give you the opportunity to focus on the things which you are an expert on and can control. And it's going to outsource things which are vital to your business to people who just do that. Uh, you can find uh, experts in pretty much anything you need, but I would say the three main areas when you're opening any business, and particularly a restaurant in New York City, is one, you want to make sure you do everything to code perfectly. You don't want a situation where you get inspected two, three months after opening and there's a massive problem you didn't realize. Two, human resources. You want to set up your payroll. You want to set up your employee manual. You want to set up every legal aspect of your business. Really, I mean, you could even say legal, but human resources is something that I don't think a lot of new business owners realize how multifaceted and complex it is and how costly it can be if you get it wrong. The good news is many payroll services will offer that to you if you use them. It's not a bad idea to take advantage of that. You can kill two birds with one stone. And then, of course, you want somebody that's going to really be able to shepherd you through building inspections and everything else because those can be very time-consuming and, if not done properly, can slow up your project and your opening to an extent that is going to be totally uh, unacceptable for you. And the final thing which you can control is you need to be organized and detail-oriented. A lot of times, again, people who are chefs are artists. They're great at making food. They're great at being creative. They're great at thinking about colors and how things taste and what the presentation is. But if you're the chef and you're the prime mover in opening a restaurant, 
You need to be detail-oriented and organized from the beginning. You need to know what needs to be done. It needs to be written down, and you need to check it off every day. I'll tell you a habit that I've gotten into, and I've been doing it for 20 years and it works well for me, is every morning I begin the day by writing a list for myself of everything that I want to get done that day. doesn't mean I won't get done additional things, doesn't mean I don't leave plenty of time for serendipity or opportunities to come my way and take action on them. But I go into every day with a blueprint of what needs to be done so that I'm moving the ball forward in my business or in my personal life or whatever it is that I'm working on. When you're getting ready to open a restaurant, you need to have a similar blueprint every day for yourself. You got to follow. Remember, I just talked about hiring experts. You need to be the one to follow up on them. When I say utilize an expert, I don't mean delegate the whole thing to them and don't go back on it. I mean, they're handling the expertise required to set you up. You need to be following up on them multiple times a week. And my advice would also be to have as many of these follow-ups done in writing as possible so that you A, have a paper trail, and B, there's no confusion. If you just call somebody up, hey, John, did you take care of this? Yeah, I'm going to take care of it. No problem. And then it's not taken care of. I can almost guarantee you John's going to say, we never spoke about that. So even if you have a verbal conversation with one of these professionals that you're hiring, send a follow-up email. Very important that you be organized and detail-oriented through this process, even if it's something that's not in your nature, vital that you do it, okay? Those are some very basic things that are required before you open your restaurant. Now, we can get into all kinds of details beyond that, but I don't think that we have enough time to do that. And quite frankly, I'm not even sure it's necessary because you've already made the decision that you want to open a restaurant. You've already made the business decision that it's going to be profitable. You've either gotten funding from a bank or investors. So all of those things are done. So now you just need to execute. If you religiously do the aforementioned things that I just discussed before you open, you're going to be putting yourself in a far better position than you would be if you don't. And I do want to underscore one thing that I just said. There's an old saying, don't expect, inspect. This is your business. You know, there's a lot of sayings out there about don't be a micromanager and you have to delegate. All of that's true, but ultimately it's on you. And so you need to make sure that everyone is doing what they need to do. Accountability is a great panacea for almost everything. So make sure you're checking in with everybody and make sure you're holding yourself accountable, okay? Those are the most important things that I see go wrong or go right before people open a restaurant. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about what to do in your first year. You know, the first year of opening a restaurant is the make or break year. Obviously, if you don't make it in your first year, it's a moot point. If you do make it in your first year and you lay the right foundation, you can be like a Veselka that I interviewed that's here for three generations. You know, you can be a business that's around for 50, 100 years or more. The first year of your opening lays the foundation. It's extremely important. So I want to go through some points that are extremely uh, valuable to make sure that you make it the best opening possible. The first point I'm going to make, and this is really not in order of importance, but this might be number one, maximize the utility that your vendors provide you. Once you open your restaurant, the people that you're buying product from have to be a resource other than just being there to take your order and have a truck show up. 
That's not the way the restaurant business works if you're an independently owned restaurant. You need to work with a vendor that's going to be there as almost an additional resource for you to help you source product that you need that you haven't been able to find. That's going to bring you emergency deliveries if you need it. That can work with you in terms of payment in your first year, depending upon how things are going. You want a relationship with all of your vendors so that they're as invested in the success of your restaurant as you are. And believe it or not, most vendors that are smart understand that. The success rate of restaurants is relatively low. We all understand that. So all of us that are vendors have a real, true vested interest in being effective partners and being effective tools for you in running your business. So don't find yourself in a situation where you're doing more work than you have to, or you're deprived of resources that you really need to run your business. I've listed some of them. There are many others. Have a great relationship with your DSR, and this goes for your food, this goes for your non-food items. This goes for anyone that has a profit interest based on your restaurant. Be demanding from the service side of things because one, it's going to give you an opportunity to delegate a lot of work to people that have an absolute profit motive in your success, A. And B, as you build relationships with your vendors through the years, that can be an incredible source for you. You want to open up a new restaurant, you have a great relationship with your vendor, you say to that vendor, look, I'm opening, I need 60-day terms on the first three orders, they're going to give it to you. I need these special items brought in, I need a delivery on, whatever it is you need, you now have a partnership that's going to make it easier for you to achieve what you need to do versus someone who never established that. So just remember, your vendors are as invested in it as you are, utilize them as a resource. The second thing, vital, once you've opened immediately after you've opened, you need to identify, incentivize, and retain the great staff members that you have. In a restaurant business, people are everything. They're more important than the cuisine, believe it or not. They're more important than the decorum. Humans make the difference in the hospitality industry. So I'm assuming that you've put in place systems to train people I'm assuming that you've put forth the type of culture you want in your restaurant, the type of values that you want. Now is your time to put in a lot of hard work. The people you see at the beginning that are great, make sure you keep in touch with them. Praise the great job they're doing. Offer them bonuses and incentives. Let them know that they can have a career with you. Let them know that they're a huge part of your organization because they are. It's not easy to find great people who believe in what you're doing who are going the extra mile, who are buying into your culture, who are making it happen for your restaurant. Those are gems that you need to cultivate and keep. Those on your staff who are not that need to be eliminated as quickly as possible. People that are disruptive, people who are disrespectful of your mission, most importantly, people who do not treat your customers properly, you need to get rid of them. And I'm going to break the news to you now. In any business, and certainly in the restaurant business, you're going to be churning staff a lot. So that's why I say when you find great people, do everything in your power to keep them. The value to your business is incalculable. That's one. Two, you must have weekly, at the very latest, training meetings, probably daily, just for two minutes. Keep reinforcing the message of how service customer service, the customer experience is the single most important part of your business, because it is. 
as I've said in prior podcasts, and I think as each of us knows, if you go to a restaurant and you have the most phenomenal meal you've ever had in your life and you're treated poorly by the staff or the host, odds are you're not coming back. Conversely, if you have a subpar meal, a subpar cocktail, but you expressed yourself, you were treated great, you felt appreciated, you felt like not just another number, but as somebody important, you will give that place another try. If you combine the two, that's the foundation for a restaurant that can be profitable for decades and decades into the future. So retain, incentivize, and keep the great staff that you have. The third thing which people need to do, and they need to do at the beginning, you need to market your restaurant like crazy. We live in an amazing time where we have social media, we have the internet, we have podcasts, we have so many ways of getting the word out about our businesses that are free essentially. Utilize them like crazy. Become an expert at using Instagram. For advice on how to do that, I highly recommend the videos of Gary Vaynerchuk on YouTube. You can look him up. He has some great videos where he breaks down how to utilize Instagram to promote your business, and he has some videos specifically geared towards the restaurant. Do that. If you're in a neighborhood that has a lot of buildings in it, don't shy away from the old methodology of beautifully designed paper promotional materials. Sometimes you can leave them in a mailroom of a building. Sometimes you can have a doorman give them to people. There's lots of different ways to get that information out there. But again, it's marketing. Be a part of your community. Again, if you're a restaurant and they ask you to sponsor the Little League or be a part of an event for some block party or whatever the opportunities are for you. You know, in a prior interview with Tavern on Jane, and I've done this with others as well, Sugar Sweet Sunshine, Listen to these successful restaurants and how involved they are in the community. Don't assume that because you open up and you have great food and you get great press and everybody likes you, that that's the foundation that's going to keep you profitable for five years. It isn't. What's going to keep you in business for years and years into the future is being a part of the community. So any opportunity you have to do that, you want to, you want to absolutely take advantage of it to the fullest because once you're part of the community, you can build a very loyal base of customers so that regardless of how much great press you get, regardless of how much tourist business you get, if you have loyal customers that live in the area and view you as a part of the community, that's a huge, huge opportunity. And a lot of times people don't even think to do it. So market like crazy through everything. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, podcasts, flyers, all of that. Be a part of the community and ultimately build a community around your restaurant. There's lots of different ways to do that. I interviewed Joseph from Alewife. He talked about different nights where they have trivia nights. Your restaurant may not be suitable to that. Maybe you want to have a wine tasting one night. Do something. You can be creative. That's why you're chefs. That's why you're opening restaurants. That's why you're mixologists. Build a community around your restaurant. That is what's going to really also, you know, add massive rocket fuel to your success. So again, don't forget about the marketing. Don't forget about being a part of the community. And most assuredly, uh, do everything you can so that there's a community built around your business and you'll be profitable for, for many years. Once you're open, this is so important. You must know your numbers. This is a business. And I've seen many businesses that say, hey, my restaurant's packed every night and I'm doing great. 
and they don't track their numbers. And before they know it, they're out of business because somebody was stealing or they weren't as profitable as they thought or they were spending more money than they thought or all of their sales were in catering jobs and they're not getting paid for 60 days and they need to get they need to pay their vendors in 30 and they're being cut off and they don't have food. Horrible, horrible, horrible things can happen to your business if you don't know your numbers. What I highly recommend you do from the beginning, hire a great accountant that you like and every month go through your income statement, your expenses, and any other relevant documents with that professional. Yes, it might seem expensive in the beginning, but I can guarantee you that the information you get from that type of analysis is going to make you a lot more money over the future, and it can keep you from needlessly going out of business, which happens. If you don't know your numbers in the restaurant business, it's a wrap. It's probably the case in any business, but in the restaurant business where margins can be tight, expenses can be challenging, there's seasonality to things, there's all kinds of moving parts. You got to know your numbers like the back of your hand. Uh, one of the books I recommended in a prior episode by Tillman Fertitta called Shut Up and Listen, he emphasizes this and he's right. I've been CEO here for 20 years. Every single month without fail, we scrutinize the number with our accountant every single month. And if you're a business such as a restaurant that does catering or if you're a caterer, if you're in any business where you have an accounts receivable aspect to it and you're extending credit, that needs to be looked at no later than once a week, probably every day, okay? Because you can be profitable, and if you don't collect your money the way you're supposed to, you're going to have cash flow issues, which you do not want and do not need. So again, this comes back to, okay, you've got a hot restaurant. Eater New York said your food's amazing. They're lined up out the door. You're being interviewed by Cranes New York. Everything's going great, and you don't look at your number for six months, you might have massive problems that you don't need to have. So make that commitment to yourself from the beginning. Do it every month with your accountant, every week on your receivables. It's going to be extremely important to you. And the other thing you need to do is you need to be ruthless with your expenses. Now, in the restaurant industry, I've found that restaurateurs that succeed are ones that are very happy to spend money on quality products, very happy to spend money on marketing, very happy to spend money on retaining great staff. Essentially, people are happy to spend money on anything that's going to enhance the customer experience, strengthen the customer interactions with the staff, or enhance sales growth. You don't want to waste money on things that are not generating any revenue for your business, not enhancing the experience for your customer, not retaining staff. Be ruthless with your expenses. So when you do have that monthly meeting, Check everything and make sure you're comfortable with how the money is being spent. Again, back to an earlier podcast episode when I interviewed the owners of Big Cookie Company. They were very happy to buy the most expensive vanilla extract or anything else because that goes part and parcel with what their customer experience is. So that's a reasonable expense for them. They're not going to waste money on anything else. I know Jeff and Monica, they do a phenomenal job maximizing every inch of their facility in New Hope. You need to be the same way. Your expenses should not be taken lightly. Money is a tool to be utilized to grow your business, to be reinvested in your business, not to be squandered. So really pay careful attention to your uh, expenses. A lot of times I see restaurants when they're successful, they don't do that. And this leads me to the final point 
that I want to get into. You must stay consistent, okay? You've opened your restaurant. You're profitable. You're successful. Everything's going great. You're 11 months into it. Things could not be going better. So you decide to skip a month going through the numbers with your accountant. You decide to not have that weekly staff meeting. You decide to take your foot off the gas. You've now opened the door to destruction, okay? Complacency is what leads to the downfall of so many great restaurants. You know, when you're a restaurateur and you're successful, you are kind of like a celebrity, and you're going to have a lot of different things pulling for your attention. And it can be very easy to say to yourself, well, you know what, I'm going to delegate these things that I used to do and do great to other people. And there's nothing wrong with delegation. You have to delegate things to people. In any business, you have to delegate. But everyone knows what the fundamental aspects of success are. They don't change success. When I was interviewing Jason Burchard of Veselka, I know that he has a routine that he follows every day. They just opened up Veselka Essex. It's doing unbelievably well in the Essex Street market. His father is on the Bobby Flay cooking show. He's written cookbooks. He's a celebrity well-known in the East Village. Their attention to the fundamentals and what made them a success 40 years ago are unchanged today. So I'm talking about consistency here. You need to make the commitment that you're going to be consistent in doing what you have to do and never be complacent. Complacency is the first step towards failure. It's ruined more great restaurants probably than anything else, probably more great businesses than anything else. People take the success for granted. They think it's on automatic. They're looking at another concept. They're doing this and that. And lo and behold, the business dies. Okay? Second thing you want to do after you're successful, keep setting goals for yourself. I set daily goals, quarterly goals, and annual goals been doing that for many, many years. Extremely important. You have to set goals because you need to have a direction where your energy is being focused. So whatever they may be for you, what I suggest, and this is what I do, the quarterly goals, I write down a list of 10 to 12 things I want to get done in that quarter. It's very simple. Then I look at it at the end of the quarter, see if I did it. If I didn't do it, figure out why, et cetera, et cetera. But it gives me 12 focal points for the next three months that are going to improve my business. What I do with the annual goals is I write down two or at most three big goals for the year, whatever they are, top line sales growth of X percent, grow marketing money X percent. We started a business, Holland and York. Year three, it's doing unbelievably well. I have goals with that, whatever the case may be. But with the annual goals, what I do is after each goal, I have what are called action points. So let's say one of my goals for Woolco this year is grow top line sales 20%. Then I have, what am I going to have to do to achieve that goal? And those are my action points. And there's eight of them. Have daily meetings with my salesmen, add new line items, whatever it is, so that you not only have the goal, because people write down the goal, but then what actions do you need to take to achieve your goal? See, that's the point. Like I heard Steve Harvey say, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately, right? So you have your goal, whatever it is, that's great. But what steps do you need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to make it happen? You know, so many people have goals and ambitions and their behavior does not map to what it is they want to do. You know, again, to, to give Gary Vaynerchuk 
some credit because he talks about this far better than I will, but it's a concept I've thought about a lot. You know, I know so many people that say to me, I want to open a restaurant or I'm thinking of opening a restaurant. Once I hear somebody say, I'm thinking of doing something, I know it's not going to happen, but okay. And then their behavior doesn't map to it. The behavior that maps to opening a restaurant is seven day a week work, 16 hours a day minimum. That's not me making it up. That's what I've seen people do who have been successful. That's just one part of the behavior. So if you think you're going to open a restaurant and your behavior is going to be, I'm going to work Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but if I don't feel like it on Friday, I'll get to it on Saturday, it's not going to happen for you. Your behavior has to map to what your goal is, if you're serious. And this is something that will keep you from getting complacent. If every year you set really challenging quarterly and annual goals for yourself, you're going to force yourself not to be complacent. Because once you set those big goals, then you write down the action steps that are going to map to that objective. And you need to keep pushing yourself as a business owner and anything else in life. Never get complacent. Never accept that it's going to be there tomorrow because that's just not how business works. So that really sums up what I wanted to talk about today. I hope this was of value to you. Again, this is by no means an all-encompassing discussion on what it takes to open up a restaurant or anything else. But these are the most important concepts that I've gleaned in my 20 years as CEO of Woolco. And for all of the people who DM'd me and emailed me, I hope that this did a, an adequate job of at least giving you some guidance and answering your questions. If anyone has any additional questions, please email me at steven at wilcofoods.com. You can get all kinds of information about Wilco Foods uh, on our website. You can see all of our various podcasts on the website. Or you can DM me at Wilco Foods, our Instagram account. Uh, would love to hear from you there. If you enjoyed what you've heard or you like this podcast, I would love it if you would recommend it to other people or you can subscribe to it in whichever outlet you're listening to podcasts. And I really appreciate all of you that took the time to, to write to me and, and ask me to do this. I hope it was of value. I enjoyed doing it. And I just want to end by saying thank you to all of the great restaurateurs that I've had the privilege of working with over the years. Uh, there's too many to list. But I've learned so much about what it takes to be successful what it takes to truly grind, what it takes to truly be motivated and consistent, and uh, so many great business lessons in this industry that I've learned, and uh, very grateful for them. I'm very grateful for you for listening. I hope you have an awesome, awesome week, and uh, thank you again. Well, that was something different, but I hope you enjoyed it. It's a lot of talking for me, but I did want to get those points out and I enjoyed doing it and I hope that you all got some value from listening to it. The book that I want to recommend this week is a book called The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And the reason I'm recommending this book is because while it's a very insightful book that draws on all kinds of philosophy and literature and history to go into the 48 Laws of Power and and what that means, what it really is, in my mind, and I've read it a few times and I've given it a great deal of thought, is a book about self-mastery. And that's a journey that we're all on and it's a daily journey. But if you're going to open a business and run a business and have people work for you and be a leader, the first person you need to lead is yourself. You know, the first person that you need to sort of master and get discipline over and all of that is yourself. And so this is a book that really forces a person to think before they speak and before they act. 
And that's something a lot of people have a difficult time doing. Uh, I know I did and sometimes still do. And so I thought to myself, this would be a great book to recommend in conjunction with this podcast. I really recommend the phenomenal books that you guys have been sending me. What I'm going to do in the next podcast episode is I'm going to list five books that were recommended to me by uh, by you guys. Uh, two of them I've read, three I have not uh, yet read, but I uh, really enjoyed them. So please keep sending me your book recommendations at steven at wolcofoods.com or DM me. And um, I hope you'll enjoy the book, 48 Laws of Power. I certainly did. And have a great week. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods. Please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about Woolco Foods or Stephen Toberoff, please visit us at woolcofoods.net.